Storywise would end season two, episode two. Welcome to Storywise would end. True stories told live in would end in the Macedon Ranges, seventy kilometres north of Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Welcome back to Storywise Wood End. My name's Kate Lawrence. I am recording this episode on a total fire ban day in February 2000. And, what year are we in? 17. It's probably 35 degrees and there's 50 kilometre winds. It's, it's a pretty dangerous day. And bushfire risk is a constant issue in summer around these parts. And I, I wonder, it makes you think differently about the world and summer and heat and wind and possibly even life. I'm reading Island Home, uh, which is a recent book by a very f- um, well-known Australian author, Tim Winton. And I haven't read too much of it, but his thesis so far is is all about how Australians in particular are really influenced by the land we inhabit and it colours our outlook on the world and life. So I wonder how this might play out in the stories that we hear on Storywise Would End. I know that when we get to the episodes that come from the night where the theme was fire, that we will see the influence of this risk that we that we live with and, and how it's affected the people in our community. But we're not there yet. So today's episode is the first from March 4th, 2016, evening of stories at Storywise Wood End. The theme of the night was missing. And this is the description I had for helping people find a story from this theme. Prepare a story about a time you were missing in the physical, emotional or mental sense. A time something was missing, the sugar in the cake. Your dog, cat or canary, a time the thing you swear you left on the table just vanished. So the story we're going to hear is told by Nellie Molina. And I'm particularly pleased to share this story, partly because Nellie had been to several Storywise Wood End events, but didn't feel confident to tell. But she didn't tell until she attended a workshop run by me. Uh, and and then she was had the confidence and the skills and was happy to share a story. I'll tell you the second reason that I'm so happy with this story after the story, although it may be self-evident. For now, here's Nellie. It was in this same room 28 years ago when I say thank you and goodbye to the Rotary Club. I had a year of exciting experiences, but it was my time to go home. But I did say to all the Rotarians in this same room, I'll be back. And I did. I came back years later and something happened. It wasn't in my plans, but I fell in love. 
Well, I couldn't help it. We got married years later, and we had a deal. From his side, it was that we had to come back to Woodin to raise our children. I said, yes, okay, fine. In the meantime, we lived in Mexico for nearly eight years. When Alan came along, and I knew it was time to move. We had a deal. For different people, it might be a different experience. But it was painful for me having to leave my family, my friends, my life. But it had to be done. My sisters and I, all of us started having babies at the same time. There were five babies all of a sudden. And my mom and dad's house was crowded with prams, nappies, and their walls started to be covered with pictures of new babies. I look at those photos and I thought, I'm going to be missing seeing them taking the first steps. I'll be missing the fun of being involved in the piñata making for the birthday parties. And I'll be missing seeing them going to school the first day. I had to go. And between the rushing and the packing and selling and deciding and organizing and visiting people and saying goodbye to everybody, somehow I got myself into making jewelry, attending workshops. That's something that you don't do when you're just about to leave, to leave and go to another country. But I did. I think that somehow I was trying to avoid the reality. And I just wanted to lose myself in that space full of strands of corals and pearls and semi-precious stones. The night before we left, I was still there at the jewelry shop. Oh, there were so many things to do yet, but I was there. I left, I said goodbye. I went outside. It wasn't in the middle of this busy intersection. And I looked at everything, cars everywhere, people walking by, moms dragging their children to get to the bus stop, and I thought, all of these people are going to be here tomorrow except me. I kept on walking, and I could see all these busy eating places. I said to myself, I have to have my last taco, the last big cold coconut, the last corn in the cove, covered with chili and cream and cheese. But I couldn't do that. I just wanted to capture the smells and the sounds, everything in this jar to bring with me. But I couldn't do that. I kept on walking, and I decided then to enjoy the sunset, my sunset in my hometown. The blue sky, red, yellow, and orange at the end of the boulevard. And of course, the palm trees. Those palm trees standing long, Tall, skinny, always very proud. Because hurricanes came year after year. And those strong winds would make them bent 
but they will never break. And that's something that I really like. And I said, I've got to take this with me. I can't take anything else. I stopped and I screamed as loud as I could. Can everybody please stop the time? I don't want to get on that plane tomorrow. Nobody did anything. Nobody looked at me because nobody could hear me. It was all in here and in here. I said to myself, that's it. It's time to go. The next morning, we left early for Los Angeles. I walked around for the last time at my house, said goodbye to my bright bougainvilleas in my backyard, the one that I planted. And I look at my son's cot, and there was this yellow blanket lying there. I just couldn't leave it behind because it was still warm. He had been there the night before. Anyway, we got to Wooden, and I think I slept for a couple of days. I don't know. I woke up in a different house, a house that it wasn't mine, full of furniture that people perhaps put together over the years, I suppose. An empty pantry and the sound of the clock at the back. Walking down the street, pushing Alan on the pram, I realized that my identity was also gone. Nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew about my title. Nobody knew about my skills and the reasons why people knew me back home. Nobody cared. I was just a mom pushing a pram in a new town. Going into the supermarket was interesting. I just couldn't stop converting prices and the kilo of this, how much was the kilo of that, into Mexican pesos. I felt guilty when I was just about to bite an apple. It was so expensive. I thought, I can't be eating this because it had to do with what happened to my money. My money, my savings, everything was reduced to nearly nothing when being converted to Australian dollars. But it was nobody's fault. It was just the way it was. Went to the doctors in my early days here. And I heard the doctor saying, Julia Johnson? Julia Johnson? Once and twice? Julia Johnson again, and I thought, well, obviously she's not here, I am next, and then I realized that person was me, and I went, oh, that's me. I remember that people called themselves here by the first name, with the married name, which was my case, but that name didn't sound nothing like my name. It didn't sound nothing like the person I had always been. Sitting there was interesting because I was trying to explain and describe how I, what was experiencing, the reason why I was there. And I realized that my voice, my words were also gone. They were missing. I couldn't use my interesting, long, rhythmical words in Spanish. They were gone. 
It was so frustrating having to do it in another language, having to think before I produce a sentence. Instead, there was a voice, an external voice that had a face and a name, telling me always what to do, what not to do, what to say, and what not to say. It was exhausting. Emotionally, it was. One day, I woke up and I decided to start picturing myself in a tunnel. A tunnel that had two sides. One side where there were sunny, bright, colorful days, love, family. And on this side, green eucalyptus trees. (sighs) I decided then that it was time to stop feeling like something was missing. I decided to break free and walk away from that external voice and that environment where I wasn't feeling welcome. And I decided to start my own journey on the green side, being the fighting mother of Alan and Juliet, embracing that woman that I had always been, trusting my own wings, my values, and my principles, holding hands with myself, Nelly Molina. That's who I am here and there. Thank you. I'm Kate Lawrence, and you're listening to StoryWise Would End. Thank you, Nelly. It feels so important to know Nellie's story. Her background is so different and the great loss that sits at the heart of someone in our community to know and understand the deep attachment she has to her country and those evocative descriptions of place and the emotion that's sitting just under the surface through that whole story. Wood ends definitely, on the, for the most part, white bread and milk culture. And so I can't imagine how isolating it would have been for Nellie to arrive in that community. And of course I love that she found herself in her journey and, and that we have this different perspective that she brings, which is, you know, yeah, um, I'm very grateful and we have at least one more Nelly story coming up in episode, so stay tuned. Also coming up is the first Storywise Wood End evening for 2017, which will be on March the 3rd, which is a Friday. It's always the first Friday of the month. And this month the theme is chances, except the S is in a bracket, so it doesn't translate to verbal very well, but it's chance bracket S, close brackets. And the description to help you find a story is take a chance and tell a tale about a chance encounter, the luck of the draw or a lucky break. Tell us how serendipity smiled, you took your chances, you ran a risk, you were in with a chance, the dice rolled your way or your fate rested on the toss of a coin. 
The place, as always, is Holgate's Hotel in High Street, Woodend, and the time to start is 7.45. The following Tuesday is the StoryWise Women Storytelling Open Mic, and that has the same theme. It's a little bit earlier, so 7.30 is the starting time, and that's in the Big Smoke in Fitzroy, north, um, at a place called Long Play. You can look up the details on the website. Other things you can look up on the website are a couple of workshops I have coming up before either of those storytelling nights, and they're both in Melbourne, and you can see the details of those on the calendar page of StoryWise. So until next week, when I hope it will be cooler, keep an eye out for stories, because they are everywhere. Thanks for listening to StoryWise Would End. If you want to know more about StoryWise or me, Kate Lawrence, then head over to storywise.com.au. And remember, your stories matter a lot.